Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, this is Pia Baranchini and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Hi, my darlings. Emma Shine is the CEO and co-founder of Pattern, a family of brands that work together to bring ease and joy into everyday life. I met Emmett in my early 20s in New York, where we were both a part of a very fun, very debaucherous scene during the night and in some of the same meetings during the day. At the time, he had just founded Gin Lane, which built digital platforms for a new wave of direct-to-consumer brands like Sweetgreen, Quip, Sunday Goods, Hymns, and Recess. After 11 years, Emmett realized he could build the platform as well as the product, and Pattern was born. I've always admired Emmett's ability to be the most fun and the most professional. So we talk a lot about that. We touch on what it was like to be in New York during this new creative digital wave, how his Danish girlfriend inspires how his customers interact with their products, and how to transition from being a young creative to a business-minded adult. It's a very interesting conversation that touches on a lot of what I learned in my 20s, and I'm very happy to share it with you. Thank you for joining me, Emmett. Happy to be here, Pia. Yeah, we have known each other for how long have we known each other? I was young when we met. I think a lot longer than we think. <laughs> it's got to be like, well, how old am I? Yeah, it's got to be at least 10 years, probably. Oh, at least. At least. And I remember. Probably like 50 at this point. <laughs> and I remember what I think was so cool about us, about like my objective view of you was that I would see, you know, we were like party friends, who I, like social friends who I would see out. But then I remember when I like worked at Reformation when it first started like 10 years ago and you built the website and I was like, wait, the guy from Lit also is an incredible, <laughs> is like a very well-respected, incredible web designer and then you had that whole cool office on the bowery with the neon in the window so how did you start that yeah yeah i mean i i think taking you know <clears throat> a few steps back like 
New York is a, a great place and cities are a great place and they will always remain great places. But <laughs> part of it is, is meeting people in, in person, you know, and mm-hmm. if you can also meet people online, I think that's also super empowering if you can find ways to connect with them. But I think we just ran into similar kind of circles of young people trying to find their way and be ambitious and be creative, but have fun and explore, you know, other ideas and people and cultures and some of that is drinking and going out and some of it's, you know, (laughs) sitting down and and kind of talking. So, um, you know, I'm from Long Island. I went to NYU Tisch for photography uh, for almost four years, dropped out my senior year because got tired of paying for it. And the same um, thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and was doing, you know, and I kind of learned um, basically how I got into digital stuff is I didn't have a computer. My dad's a landscaper. I didn't grow up computer guy at all. I got a computer, a shitty compact or something when I went from like PC Richards or something when I went to college. <laughs> but and I went there for photography and my mom's a painter and, you know, she was always really good and better than I kind of thought I could ever be. And I got into photography as a different form of you know, art that I thought maybe I could like, you know, get really good at. And then I got to art school and everyone was like super good at it. They've been doing it forever and ever. And I learned about, you know, graphic design and Photoshop and Illustrator and then, you know, Flash and Dreamweaver and then HTML and basic coding languages. And it was really new and it was early 2000s and there weren't tons of people that had, I guess, art backgrounds that were Mm. exploring it. And the people I knew were you know, creative types. And so naturally I could, you know, do photography if they were a musician or had a jewelry brand or, you know, even for a photographer, if they were having an art show, I would go shoot, you know, the work. And then I also could, you know, do nice typography that would look good for a magazine, but make it look good on a website, do basic web design. And I think just kind of got in with that crowd of art galleries, fashion labels, you know, brands that, wanted to find a representation for what they were doing with their physical spaces or their physical objects in the digital world that didn't suck, you know, like it didn't look terrible and bonus points if it basically worked on your phone. And and so I would just kind (laughs) of socialize to try to get work. You know, I think it's kind of going out and just meeting people and, you know, one thing leads to another and you kind of get troped for something and they're like, Oh, there's, you know, web geek. You know, and so, you know, just learning and helping and working out in small projects and every once in a while, then you hope to get lucky. And we did, you know, we got Adidas by Stella McCartney because of, you know, Tim Barber, who recommended us and did a lot of work for him for, you know, Mm -hmm. pennies on the dollar. And, you know, one friend led to another and Yael from Reformation. And, you know, it's just kind of those connections, just trying to do good work in small circles. So, yeah. How many people did you have? And they're like, then you started like hiring. You had like a full team when you were very young. What was that like? Kind of like managing people in that, in, in, as like a creative in a young space like that. Yeah. And so the company was called Gin Lane. And now uh, we transitioned it after a decade to Pattern. So Pattern Brands. And we like run kind of our own consumer good companies now. But did Gin Lane from like, you know, started it at the end, kind of dropped out of school 2006, um, was doing freelance work on my own and figured out people were always paying me late. If I said I worked for a company, maybe they would 
take me more seriously. <laughs> so I came up with Gin Lane is the, the name of like a rich street in the Hamptons where I'm from that I just kind of was like, oh, that sounds rich. Um, maybe, <laughs> you know, like it sounds more mature. Um, and then started Gin Lane at the end of 2007 and picked up because I knew a lot of people and then completely crashed and burned because of the recession um, and everything kind of crashing in terms of businesses spending budgets for advertising and marketing and kind of had to hunker down and get through that. Um, but, you know, turned it into something pretty special and then folded it into pattern 2019. So to, to your question, I guess, like, you know, the, I, I think for me, it's like, uh, I was really lucky that I've had a really tight group of friends since I was a little kid, like Pia and I have gone to, we like the jets. We, we would go to jets games all the time. <laughs> me and all my long Island derelict friends were, you know, we you have do a everything very together. beautiful, special group of like live for die for friends. Yeah, it's very cool have, to watch. We all have like our crew tattooed on us, and we, you know, <laughs> we still have sleepovers. Like we're like little kids, even though now we're you know like old adults with like knee surgeries and wives and stuff. And like you know, but so I think I was always used to trying to play a role within a larger group of people, um, mm. and and getting snapped on if you ever got too big for your britches. So I think that that'll keep you kind of humble. And so naturally, once the agency stuff kind of picked up a little bit, I, I felt really comfortable um, asking people to do work and doing and doing mm -hmm. work with other people. And I was young in my early 20s, not, you know, really matured, not having a college degree, not having run a business, not having mentors or older siblings. But, you know, I think I just tried showing up every day and, and leading by action and making mistakes and owning up to them and not making people a scapegoat if something went wrong. And if something went right, celebrating with them and making them see the success that they contributed to. And so I think that's stuff that I just kind of learned from like having a bunch of friends that'll kick your ass at the drop <laughs> of a hat, <laughs> you know? And I, I always think it's like the business world is so like annoying because people are just like, can be so snarky and talk behind your back and do stuff that like, you know, your friends would just kick your ass, you know, mm -hmm. or your family members would just be like, we'll pull you by the ear into the other room, <laughs> you know? And I, I think I just tried taking that attitude, not that I would do that, but that someone would do it to me yeah. in business. And, you know, just being a stand up person, you, you fuck up all the time, you mess up and stuff, but not trying to pin it on someone else or blame it or whatever, mm -hmm. or political maneuvering. I, I don't like that side of business. I don't either. And I feel like I, we were really lucky to grow up in that young, creative, cool, interesting space in New York that was very well connected. Like it was such a network. And I think, and I've said this for a long time, like, you know, if someone's an asshole, people don't want to work with you for the most part. Or like, if you do fuck up, it's like really good to have a boss or somebody in the office that's like, hey, like you fucked up and like, here's why. And like, now we're just going to move on from it and, and remember this moving forward. And I don't think there people have that sort of like decorum or language or like availability for that now kind of, because everything has to be so professional. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still pretty like unprofessional. Like, I, you know, I'm not like trying to get like HR violations or do like inappropriate things. I mean that like, I, I'm very fam familial with like anyone that I spend time with. So, you know, and my job in some ways now for pattern, you know, is to kind of keep the team motivated and keep them 
feeling good. There's many people that we've hired or brought on that I've, I've never met because, you know, we've been working remote since, I guess, you know, almost it's a year. So while doing so many interviews the last year and how many people have said that they have not even met their new hires. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I think like working remote, there's a lot of benefits from it that I'm all for, but there's also, of course, downsides. Like, you know, I think being at home, not having a commute time, being able to, you know, like I moved back to the town I'm from to be closer to my dad, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's pretty cool. I can do that. And there's also better time for like deep concentration work. If you know you have something to do and you can like proverbially put on headphones and do it, then it's great. But if you need to be really collaborative or need to work something out with someone in person or someone's more of an introvert and they don't Mm -hmm. want to always be on screen and you can't always read their reactions, it's really hard as a humans are these like multi-sensory beings. We're we're animals, we're mammals Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so flattened. And so even though like we're on a computer and I can see you and technology is amazing that this is happening live time and this will you know, be recorded and streamed out to lots of people to put into headphones or whatever. (laughs) Like, it's amazing what we can do. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big fan that nothing beats the real thing. And so when when you have a company or an organization, kind of how many of us do now, where either you're all remote or a part of it is remote, you can't just kind of go around the office and tap people on the shoulder and say, hey, you know, how you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. how's, how's your kid? Or like, you know, you want to go for a walk? Let's just go for Let's go grab a coffee, you know? So you got to do it in Slack or you got to send someone emails and, you know, like it's hard, but you want to try to make people, I say a lot for pattern, the difference between like a routine and a ritual is like the routine makes you just kind of feel like it's like repetition and it's like mm-hmm. an absence of like purpose, but it could be the same thing. But if you make it a ritual, it, it can be energizing. You can really look forward to something that you and David do with your dog in the morning or whatever, or getting a, uh, making a coffee or going for a walk or something you do at night, you know, like making dinner together or watching a film or calling your mom. And so I think that's a big thing I've been trying to think for myself personally, but also for the team is making things not feel routine, but making them feel like rituals. I get asked often by many of you, And people on Instagram, hey, I want to start trying or I'm considering having kids in the future. What is my first step? And every time I say modern fertility, it was created to be an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000. I know that because I have been there. But Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. They will also prep you so you can bring these results to your doctor and have the most beneficial conversation. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that is best for you. 
Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That means your test will cost you only $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it would cost at the doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash Pia. That's P-I-A. Modernfertility.com slash Pia. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. At what point did you, to give some more context is, um, because you did transition Jin Lane into pattern brands and I, what was the impetus for that? And then, um, please let everyone know like what pattern brands is and the brands within it, because they're very brilliant. I feel we have a lot of them in our house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess a few things, like I'll just kind of bounce that's around a big a change, like to be like, Oh, we make you know, to go from like having like a web team and then being like, we're going to launch brands is really cool, but must've been very scary. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think, um, so, you know, if someone's kind of listening now, I'm first of all, Pia's awesome. And thank you for <laughs> still listening. Hopefully I haven't scared you off yet. Um, but yeah, pattern is a, like a family of brands. Like we're trying to be like, um, a 21st century, like Johnson and Johnson or Unilever, but it, more consumer facing, not just like the little name on the, on the bottom of a, of a bottle mm-hmm. and do it for, you know, do it for the 21st century, which is e-com and focused on the home. So we're trying to build a bunch of brands that are, you know, open spaces is home organization, equal parts is home cooking. And, you know, they're, they're trying to be like thoughtful, like Pixar kind of style, like inanimate objects that have like cute personality and are energizing. <laughs> you see one of our, you know, it's beautiful ceramic and it's nonstick and it's a cool color pan and it should hopefully be inviting and make you want to kind of cook and then not think about, oh, this is going to stick in the pan and take forever to heat up. And then our storage bins or entryway racks or stuff you put under your bed, you know, like usually it's shitty plastic from the container store, Ikea or Amazon. And our stuff is, you know, like it's very Scandinavian influence and it's designed, but trying to make it like for an American audience, it's not like too, too, you know, it's still Mm -hmm. kind of accessible. So that kind of like philosophy we're trying to extend over the coming years to, you know, every category you could think of in the homes, pets, plants, parenting, organization, cleaning up, you know, the yard, furnishing, flatware, kitchenware, all these boring ass things that you kind of like don't usually focus on when you're kind of growing up and then you get older and you want to focus on them, but they feel Mm -hmm. like too, too oldie McOlderson old, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, how can you make it chic and fun? So you don't feel like a loser, you know, like, it's like, Oh, look, here comes grandma, you know, with like her tea kettle, you know, like, well, it is weird that transition, especially when you get married and you have to like, I didn't do this, but you know, when people like register for their like home stuff, like it's this, there's no graceful transition into that. There hasn't been until now because it was just like person water heart. And I was like, I was just partying and like doing drugs, doing cool shit. And now I have to like buy this (laughs) same thing that like my mom had. It's very American. It's very American. 
equal parts is I recommend to fucking everybody because it's also very affordable. Yeah, I mean that's the we're trying to make it like I don't know. I mean, like you know, Pia obviously with like a huge fashion background and and your husband as well. Like you you wear you should wear fly clothes as you transition through all mm-hmm. your stages or. If you look at like, you go to Erewhon or Whole Foods or whatever, <laughs> and you look at like drinks and packaged food, like, or restaurants, you know, like you should be eating and drinking and mm-hmm. consuming cool products. You know, if you, if you can afford whatever you can kind of afford that whole way through. But I feel like the home is this weird area where like, it's either really fly stuff is super expensive. It's so like $50,000 or it's just basic bitch, like, I don't know, like straight off Mm -hmm. like a Costco shelf, you know, or, and there's kind of this weird Delta in between that we felt personally. And I was like, this is a fun area because it's kind of boring, you know, to look at and make easier to, to purchase from and then, you know, enjoy daily life. I think you really can have a good life if you just enjoy your day. You don't have to, you know, whatever kind of go on a fancy trip or have a big house or have a lot of followers on social media, like all those things are fine and dandy. But if you can put together a nice 24 hours, you know, and you wake up and you feel good, (laughs) you know, you're alone or you're with someone, you know, but you feel good. You got a a shower, brush your teeth, coffee, tea, you make your bed, you got a pet, you got kids, you got, you know, your routine, you work out, you read the newspaper, you watch the news, you got work that you don't hate you know, when you're done from it, you know, you're not like wanting to blow your brains out and you can make a little dinner, watch a movie, exercise, whatever, help kids with, with homework and get some good sleep, man. You, what, what else you need? Like <laughs> that's, that's it. You string mm-hmm. that together for a number of days. And, you know, I think we lose sight of that a little bit. Like I'm aspirational guy too, but I think as I've gotten older, the aspirational stuff, maybe more when I was younger, I see it almost as like a false prophet a little bit, you know, like I want money and a house and a nice car. And I like listening to rap and drinking nice tequila, (laughs) just like any other (laughs) American boy, you know, but I think I realize those are nice in in small doses, but I would sacrifice any of those for enjoyment, for partnership, for family and friends, for, I don't know, nice kind of light coming in in the morning when I wake up and not feeling full of anxiety or a terrible headache. You just like described the scene in soul that really makes you cry when you, he like notices the leaves falling yeah, and like the light coming through the window. And that's the part that kills everybody when they watch it because it's like, Oh, the daily things are very beautiful. And just being present as so much of soul is like is being present is being seeing, present, yeah. and seeing the little chestnut tree but that's fall. very un-american <laughs> as a capitalist country it's almost very un-american but i feel like and this is like getting in to another conversation of like what's happened the past year it's like okay we've like the we've all just been like annihilated and the playing field has been leveled and we are all stuck at home whether we like it or not and so it's kind of been like What's your responsibility? What do you bring to your own home? And like, how are you getting out of this? It's like your responsibility to spend every 24 hours in a way that's self-soothing, that does have ritual, that allows you to like, you know, you need to create a space where you can like properly cook a meal, would do whatever exercise you need. You know, it's like survival mode. And I do think it's been 
a really, you know, we've like gotten so many of your products during this time because it was like, wow, okay. Like my mom's office really needed to be organized and she was using like crappy old plastic bins and like all your bins look so pretty and they're like very easy to label. And like, we have now have like a shoe rack for like all of our Yeah. I love the shoe rack. And we've been cooking so much and it's been really, I mean, ever who hasn't been, you know, had to cook. And it's true when we transitioned from, you know, fucking Teflon pans to I like when I moved into this house and we combined with my mom, I was like, yo, everything in the kitchen's got to go. This is all old shit. That's like cancer causing. And like, I had to buy, we went to Costco and got like whatever the eco-friendly like pan brand was. And they weren't, they were very inexpensive. And I was like, Oh, this is great. But we had to throw a lot of them away quickly. The handles melted. They were really easy to scratch. Like they weren't aesthetically pleasing. Dobby Day hated cooking with it because he was like, this doesn't look nice. And he's like, I grew up yeah. fucking poor, but this doesn't look nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's, Itali- that's Italian style. You know? It's like, yo, I grew up poor, but like, I can't be, I can't be I'm seen next with to that. this thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. because they, that culture, I mean, and you know too, like it, it's just so steeped in the home and it's steeped in like doing things right. You know, how like- it have, How has your aesthetic changed having a Danish girlfriend? My God, so much. I mean, like for me, not- per se that much. I still wear a hoodie and blue jeans and Nike sneakers like every single day. But like mm-hmm. my appreciation for like you had mentioned soul, like I'm I'm such a Pixar kid. Like I watch every Pixar film. I watch yeah, we the behind too. the scenes, the making of like I just think the way they communicate emotions and storytelling, but also how they make like inanimate objects. They do American culture of making inanimate objects have personality. Mm-hmm. Like the way that, you know, Japan or Scandinavia or Italy mm-hmm. or whatever, just so many countries that your objects in your home, they're, they're passed down from generation to generation or, you know, your blender, you're in Germany, the fucking blenders they use, they like save up and they buy a really nice blender, mm-hmm. you know, like that's not American style. So I think for my girlfriend, Sandra, you know, we've been dating for this point, like seven time. something years, eight years, I don't know. I think I learned a lot of an appreciation for not doing things as quick, but doing them right. And thinking about like energy and space, spatial arrangements, you know, where chairs go, you know, fabrics and makes. And it's kind of hard because she's so good at it. It's like (laughs) a lot of basketball coaches. It's like Steve Kerr will be a good basketball coach. And he's not like Michael Jordan, right? Like he had to work hard to be in Mm -hmm. the NBA. And so then he can be like, okay, guys, I'm the coach. Now, this is what when, you know, like, cause he can explain it all. Cause he had to do that extra work to excel. Totally. She, it doesn't to just me, come naturally. like a Michael Jordan so, of yeah. design where she's like, I don't know. It just makes sense. And I'm like, motherfucker, how? <laughs> I don't understand. You that know? Danish shit. Yeah, my, yeah. my mom's from Copenhagen. I know. Yeah. And I remember, oh yeah, we talked about this. I was so excited that Sandra was Danish. I remember I was in high school. It was a long time ago, but my mom's Danish cousins came to America and stayed with us. And we took, you know, we did the whole Hollywood, whatever thing. And then two months later, we went to Denmark. It was just coincidental. And we went to their homes. And you know how Danish people have this very dry delivery. So she wasn't trying to be rude by any means. Oh, I know. (laughs) But you're just like, wow, what you just said was like very cutting, even though it was like really true and meant with like beautiful intention. 
I remember her saying to my mom, because we went into their house and it was so beautiful and so simple. And there was one framed photo from their wedding and like one photo of each kid. And it was the most simple fucking house I'd ever seen, especially growing up in the suburbs where everyone's house has like crystal yeah. and fucking whatever everywhere. So much tchotchke. It's like a tchotchke competition over here to show how like cultured you are. And so going there young, I was like, whoa. And, I, and my mom and I were like, wow, this is amazing. Like your house is incredible. And she looked at my mom and said, yeah, and I enjoy my life because of it. You must spend a significant amount of your time cleaning all the stuff you have. That's a, yeah. that's not living to me. And we were both yeah. just like, <laughs> and it was true. Like the kids got home from school, did their homework, and they like played in the. They have like forest games. They yeah. wouldn't play yeah. like outside because their life wasn't cleaning up. You know, people become the like you spend so much time to, like in your home. When instead of just getting like really like pared down and, and enjoying these few objects in this simple way. So I, I mean, I definitely, when you launched the brands, I was like, oh, this is a very European mindset here. Yeah, I think it's like, how do you combine, which I think is so great of the, it's like the airplane age and then the internet age where you can, you know, travel and access different cultures and mm-hmm. ideologies. Like, I think America is so great for, it's it's like um it's media and it's popular culture and it's entrepreneurship that's where like you're not listening to danish songs on the radio or <laughs> you know like using using the italian social platform <laughs> you know like like that's that's where america is like it's just true. the best that in terms of like entertainment and media nobody grew up watching american movies and listening to american of course, music that's how so much of the world like learns english but so mm-hmm. so i i think it's that's where like you know and, and again as you look at pop culture it's like whether it's a taylor swift or a drake or rihanna or kanye west or these like big global stars of pop culture music they sample and work with different producers from different genres or subgenres which I always find endlessly fascinating. It's like Drake will have like a weird, you know, uh, London kind of mm-hmm. accent on one song. And then he's working with a Caribbean based, you know, producer. And then he's featured on a West Africans kind of song, you know, all within a, a few months. And I think that that global melding of influences and cultures is, is really cool. And I do think Americans really are open when things are packaged up. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for new ideas and new tastes, as long as it's kind of like, it's like the, it's like why restaurants in the nineties were all like fusion, you know? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think for pattern, that's something I'm really keen on is trying to impart ideological learnings from different cultures around mm-hmm. the world in ways that are not like explicit or just trying to put it all up in your face. It's just trying to ease it in a little bit so that, you know, for our generation, the generations that kind of come after us, like, I think you can still be super American and have that awesome, you know, white t-shirt Levi's, you know, Mm -hmm. blue jean kind of uh, personality for the rest of the world. But think in ways that are a little bit more intentional, that are a little bit more present, Mm -hmm. a little bit more sustainable, um, especially about our consumption culture, because a lot of, you know, how we operate is just that there's an endless amount of land there's an endless amount of money there's an endless amount of everything it's like suvs and big highways and mcmansions and and costco and 
again, it's not to say that I'm not here to shit on anything or anyone. I just think that intentionality, it's probably a little bit, you know, as, as the woman said to your mom, a, ni- a nicer way to live. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. So Cara gives you the ability not just to eat healthy, but to truly enjoy it with chef-crafted, plant-rich meals that build a foundation for radiant health. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I am a Sakara girl for life. Sakara is a nutrition company that focuses on overall wellness, starting with what you eat. Their organic, ready-to-eat meals are made with powerful plant-based ingredients and designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, and get that skin glowing. The menu of creative, chef-crafted, ready-to-eat breakfasts, lunches, and dinners changes weekly, so you will never get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. Along with delicious plant-rich meals, Sakara also offers daily wellness essentials like supplements and herbal teas to support your nutrition. Experience the transformative power of plants with their best-selling metabolism super powder, I love this stuff. I mix it in with my coffee. I add it to smoothies. It's made with organic raw cacao, and it works to boost energy, eliminate bloating, minimize sugar cravings, and reduce fatigue. It's like everything you want in a little packet. Sakara has received rave reviews from Vogue, Goop, The New York Times, and more. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or enter code best at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash best to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash best. Did you know more people are virtual dating now than they were before COVID? Crazy, right? With so much alone time, people are really looking to connect and find their person, and they're doing it on the dating app OkCupid. In fact, you're 50% more likely to get into a conversation on OkCupid now compared to before lockdowns. OkCupid is famous for matching people on what matters most to them, from the type of food they like to the relationship they want and even to politics. They ask you really thoughtful and provoking questions to get to the heart of who you are and what type of person you're looking for. A whopping 93% of people on OkCupid are virtual dating right now. So it's a great time to download the OkCupid app. And it's free. Meet someone great on OkCupid without having to leave your couch. Download OkCupid today. So how does one go from designing websites to like developing (laughs) storage containers and pans? How did you like even learn to, what was like the pivot there just from like a logistical standpoint? Yeah, I think I guess a little bit of like a pseudo history lesson. I think the same time we were, you know, running around, whether it's like Lit or Salon or Westway (laughs) or the Jane or whatever. Oh, I miss Westway. Um, Yeah. That also time in New York, I think really saw the, and New York's been so great for reinventing itself so many times over. Mm -hmm. I think the consumer technology innovations of, well, you know, it's like the 70s, 80s, but really the 90s out of like Silicon Valley, I think it made its way to New York in the early 2000s. I mean, it made its way to New York in the 90s for some advertising and marketing stuff, but, you know, it's like double click. Who even knows what that is or what that was? But in terms of these brands that kind of came of age, looking at 
consumer marketing, consumer goods and saying, hey, there's a new way to do this. And really the the first brand that kind of did that actually I think is out of Las Vegas was Zappos, right? Zappos mm-hmm. is like, you know, if you look at your history books for how we all buy stuff online now from Shopify businesses, um, Zappos was kind of the like LL Bean or the J Crew um, mm-hmm. of a direct mail order for for digital. And, you know, um, they were really known not for their design or usability, but for their convenience and their pricing and their customer service. And so that became a known kind of thing for, I think, entrepreneurs in business school studying it. And a bunch totally. of people at business school a few years later, I think they said, hey, you know, Americans and the young American generation is being a little bit more design centric. They've grown mm-hmm. up on Apple. They've grown up on Nike. You know, they want clean fonts. They want, you know, good photography. Um, you know, why don't we try to fuse that with what Zappos did, which was build these businesses online. And that led to Bonobos, Warby Parker, and mm-hmm. Everlane. And they all are business school graduates that studied kind of the market and said, okay, there's an opportunity for, for better design and better user experience combined with digital first businesses, which are cheaper and faster to start and mobile first, you know? And I, I was just in New York at that time and we were working with fashion brands trying to build beautiful web presences for them online. So naturally we got connected with those group of entrepreneurs and then there mm-hmm. became a circle around them of, you know, I- investors. And, you know, that's how we got, you know, Harry's and Sweet Green and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever down the line, you know, Quip and Hymns and early days talking with Emily before she set up Glossier and working mm-hmm. with Josh Kushner for when he set up Oscar, like that's transformed that design aesthetic and that web first mentality. It's trans, it's like lemonade insurance, Oscar healthcare, you mm-hmm. know, what Zillow has done. It's, it's, it's this consumer first, you know, digital kind of branding. So anyway, we got really in into that where I'm smart enough to realize like, <laughs> I'm just a graphic designer guy. This is crazy. This is an entrepreneurial gold rush out of New York. This totally. is what happened in Silicon Valley. I never, I, I lived that and did that and am still doing it and never really objectively viewed the, I'm very lucky to have lived in New York at the time that I did. Cause it was like, oh yeah, you want to make, you want to like solve a problem aesthetically and like put it forward beautifully on the internet. That's like, duh, no problem. Well, that's the beauty, I think, of just meeting interesting people. It's like what you did at Reformation to then what you did at Revolve and, you know, being around for their IPO and now you having LPA and you doing stuff with your husband. It's like, again, it's like the sports player who knows so much, but it's so close to you, right? So that's (laughs) where it's like taking a third party Mm -hmm. perspective on being fortunate of being at the right place at the right time, but taking taking advantage of that because there was a lot of people, you know, that per our conversation, we're around that we're probably smarter than us, but just totally. for whatever reason, it didn't really kind of lean in. And so I understand you being like, I'm just doing one small aspect of what could be a much bigger yeah. thing here. My thing is that I, I asked for ownership in all these businesses. I said, I want a small piece. Like I want a part of this. Like I see mm-hmm. this is, this is transformative. I want to yeah. like, you know, <laughs> fuck I'm helping these people make a lot of money. I'm, I'm, I'm hip to the game, man. I'm not just like, <laughs> I don't shine shoes anymore. You know, and totally. I try always telling, you know, designers or service providers, like know your worth and know the value and know, you know, that America is tough. Like if your labor 
it's going to be pretty difficult. But if you have, a, if you can get any ownership, and that's why I think so many people have been, you know, investing off of Robinhood and you know, mm-hmm. getting into the stock market. There's a million ways that we can make fun of that. But at the same time, I think understanding capital versus labor. It's not stuff that they talk about in creative circles. It's not stuff that no, like, and it's the smart people that asked for a piece of the pie who are fucking like, rich. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think again, like I I try talking a lot to my friends that are maybe not that didn't go to business school or didn't work in the financial sector or weren't mm-hmm. taught financial literacy from their parents. You know, like, hey, like, you know, you want to save your money, but if you also put your money in a checking account, it's not doing anything for you. You know, that money can make money. That's, that's a conversation that like, it's almost like taboo to talk on this stuff if you're like in creative circles, but like, you know, you don't want to be a, a broke, you know, 45 year old oh. like designer, like, you know, like America is really hard. It doesn't take care of you if you can't take care of yourself. So. No. And that's the hard part in what we're going through now. My husband and I are like, wait a second. So we came out of this like creative renaissance, you can do anything, helped. He worked out a major yep. brand, did so much to bring that brand to America. Like, and I've done so much for, you know, before Revolve and LPA, like helping other brands. And I was like, damn, like I didn't ask for a piece of the pie. And if you don't start making these smart moves or start, you know, building your own businesses or becoming entrepreneurial or like entering another business, having some sort of, wherewithal to say like, if I'm going to provide this for you, what am I getting out of it in the long term? You will be 45 and still doing whack work for way under your value with like no money in your savings account. And nobody teaches you that. It's like a weird thing you have to learn the hard way. Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing about, and I love America. Like I got my little house. I got my American flag on the, <laughs> the front porch. But Can you tell everyone where you bought your house? It's like, I, I almost cried when I like saw it on Instagram. I, I moved back um, to the street I grew up in to, I bought the house next to the one I grew up in where <laughs> my dad, my dad is, who's now my neighbor. And he's good. He, he had a stroke like two years ago, um, you know, but he's tough and hardworking, but I've been in the city kind of just doing my thing. And, you know, in this, kind of COVID stuff. I was like, I don't need to work from the city. And serendipitously, our, our neighbors have a long time put their house up and I wasn't even trying to do anything. But just well, I think when life presents you something like that, like I just literally walked over there today in my sweatpants and he was just inside watching the weather and we just talked for five minutes <laughs> and then I walked out. You know, I didn't knock or anything. I walked with my dog. My dog like probably ate a sandwich when I wasn't looking and we just left. But you know, I, he just got his vaccine shot um, a few days ago. So he's, he feels Good. like freaking Superman right now. Um, but I don't know. Again, I think that stuff is like, you, you understand like uh, for him, it means a lot. He's just in the house alone, you know? And like, mm-hmm. these are very isolating times. So, you know, if I can go over there and just shoot the breeze and, you know, maybe make him dinner or when it was snow, he likes, uh, he like retaught himself a lot of stuff. And so he, he driving and stuff. But when it was snowing pretty bad a few weeks ago, he w- he called me. He was like, I need a coffee. And I was like, okay, well, you know, he's like, go get me a coffee from 7-Eleven. I was like, I can't even get the car out of the driveway. He went, <laughs> went, figure it out and hung up. And so, so I like, I'm not even a big coffee guy. I like, I like uh, matcha and green tea, but I made him coffee and then like walked over in the snow with like a shovel and like gave him the coffee. And he was just like, he's like, all right, thanks. Pretty good. You, know, like, <laughs> you can never get 
I, it was very hard for me to move back into this house and adjust to living with my mom in my childhood home and all the millions of things that go along with that, but you can never get that time back. I will never but regret it's a, But it's a sitcom. It's, yeah, it's a sitcom. Yeah, well, like, I'm living in a sitcom 100%. Yeah, but I, I, loved, I love like sitcom life. You know, it's annoying, it's frustrating, but like just put the Curb Your Enthusiasm soundtrack on the background and I'm good to go. We started writing things down like a year ago because I was like, "We're this is a Nancy Myers movie. Yeah, yeah. I Davide came Nancy in. Myers kitchens. Oh God, dream. Davide came in one day from a. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but Davide came in one day from a soccer game. His soccer game before COVID. His soccer games aligned with The Bachelor, which was great because he like wouldn't want to watch that, of course. So my mom and I were like watching the TV, like two losers, like so excited for The Bachelor. And Davide comes in and he goes, "I am a wiener. I am a fucking wiener." And we just died laughing. And I was like, yes, honey, you are you're a very big mirror. <laughs> oh my god. And my mom was like, she just looked at me and she was like, oh fucking charming ESL Italian <laughs> like man lives in this house with me. And like I couldn't be happier about it. Yeah, you could literally put a laugh track behind that. One hundred percent. I should start doing that and make those into little reels. <laughs> so where are you guys headed with pattern? I know that you have obviously the two brands are like pretty well established at this point and obviously continuing to, you know, promote those as much as possible. But is there anything you can share that's like in the works? Yeah, and I, I guess I actually never answered your 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 question, so I'll try okay. to say that <laughs> relatively fast. I, I think, you know, it, it just felt like we had a really good run doing Gin Lane and I learned a lot and I think I wanted you know, a new challenge to try to, you know, build products end to end and get back into the the physical tactility mm-hmm. of, of items versus these ethereal or whatever, like websites and stuff that, you know, if they're not updated or whatever, they just kind of fly into oh, the wind. And it's it's hard for me to show it's hard for me to show my parents my work. They didn't understand you know, what these websites are. They're like, well, so did you build the store? And I was like, no, you know, like, did you build the, the, did you build the physical products? I'm like, no. They're like, well, what did you do? You know, like the little thing you see on your phone. Um, so, and I think also we were really passionate about this notion of enjoy daily life. I think that really was like resonant for us. And I think combining that, you know, of me wanting to constantly get more ownership of what we're doing and, Mm -hmm. um, also just continuing to challenge and learn physical items are really hard to do. There's a lot of it's digital is almost easier in a weird way, even though it's like newer. And so for where patterns at now, we've got, you know, the two brands in market equal parts, um, and open spaces. And we've got, I think a third, a third brand that we'll be hopefully announcing, um, this summer, which will be, you know, in addition to, uh, the portfolio, I got the little hat on and I've got like (laughs) two little peaches on the, the pattern logo tree. And so we'll be adding some more peaches and, our goal is so to cute, um, it's like yeah. the way you translate a concept into a charming graphic is just heaven on earth. You put little peaches on your fucking tree. It's yeah, like, each, come each on. A peach. It's yeah. the cutest thing ever. <laughs> well, again, it's like, it's like Pixar style. It's like, you yes. know, it's like, you got to balance your profits and losses. And what all was that. the, what was the wave? What was your logo that I can't fucking remember? It was a, it was a, it was an eight bit wave. Um, cause we, our logo was surf the net. Oh yeah. Surf the net. 
with an eight bit wave, which was so cool. And that I remember, I will never forget the neon in the window, which I used to always see at night when I'd be like cruising around the barrack. So cool. Very charming. So we'll, we'll be, we'll be adding some more brands to it and um, we'll be testing out a bunch of stuff on the, you know, trying to build out the pattern platform. I, I love what Goop has done and Food 52 and Grove. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of other, these intersections of commerce, content and community. I think those are a really really fun one too. Exactly. So I think we're, we're exploring our version for the home and um, trying to, you know, just help people out one person at a time. It's pretty cool to have thousands of customers and, you know, people that are happy every once in a while, someone's unhappy and you work and try to fix it. And, and learn from it, but it, you know, it's, it's a stressful game to be in, but it's also really rewarding to, that's why everyone loves doing restaurants. And it's like the least mm-hmm. profitable business you could ever do. It's like, it's such a rewarding thing to make something that someone puts in their body, you know, that like, to, absolutely. you know, and it's nourishment that they are trusting. You could kill someone with like bad food, you know, and they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're sitting down and you're making food for them. So this is different, but it's, it's, it's the same concept of like, gifting and providing and and offering and and selling i think there's something really rewarding about it i think it's right i my favorite part of going to parsons like some of my favorite classes were product development classes and have you know being able to like study the history of design and then being challenged to like design a product that was a salute like i remember having this aha moment when i was in school that like everything you touch all day long is like a solution to a problem that should yeah. be created in the most aesthetically pleasing, charming way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the, one of the most beautiful parts of, of life is like our interaction with our daily things and our products yeah. and like how smartly those can be designed because you, people don't think about it, but everything that we do, it's like the way that the pockets are on our jeans or like the handle yeah. on my fucking thing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And so it's it, to see, to know always that you have been and watched you create charming, aesthetically pleasing things in like a flat digital way and seeing them just like bloop, off the screen into real life stuff is very cool. And it's, and it's inspiring. And I think it should, uh, why I was excited to have you on is more so just so kids who are listening can have a little bit more fuck it in their system to be like, I can do this too. Yeah. I, I mean, Pia, like you didn't grow up like knowing you'd be a fashion designer or apparel designer. I didn't even have a computer, you know? I think you and I both had parents that didn't do anything close to what we're doing now. Nah, like my yeah. parents were like, I don't know what you're doing, but I guess it's gonna, it's working. Like they don't know. And I think it's important. It's, it's good. As you said, like, well, I'll say one other tangent is that like the podcast 99% invisible is about design and a good design it's like That's 99% of it, it is invisible. You know, mm-hmm. it's like if you do really good work in many ways, you, you want your work to be taken for granted. Right. So it's totally. like, you know, a, a, an article of clothing that you can just wear over and over and over that you don't even think it's going to fall apart or, you know, something that ergonomically just fits right in your hand or the mm-hmm. way you can get into a car and it just sits in right. Or you go to a really nice airport versus a shitty airport and it feels like you just know where things are and the mm-hmm. wood feels good and you just feel relaxed and the light's coming in. Like that's design at work that is taking it for granted, which means that it's really good design. Mm-hmm. That is very true. 
on that note, where can people find you? I try to be at Emmett on all the uh, social <laughs> platforms, E-M-M-E-T-T, but Twitter, it's it's at Emmett, E-M-M-E-T-T, Shine. I didn't get that one. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, Pattern is uh, patternbrands.com, um, which is just like wacky storytelling kind of stuff and paintings. But our two brands are equalparts.com and getopenspaces.com. And they're both get equal parts and get open spaces on social. And then hit me up if, if you're listening and have any questions on entrepreneurship or doing anything or like our products or hate our products or have feedback. So I'm here to listen and talk and, and, uh, Pia, thank you for just <laughs> of being you. If you're listening, Pia is the best and has always been the best. And I expect, you know, the sitcom with you being a mom to continue, you know, it'd be like uh, the 80s movies when they have the, the kids, you know, but redone. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm sure there were moments where I wasn't the best. I was very, I feel like I was very annoying and wild in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, but I always, I, I you know, we were, you're, we all... you're, you're always funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And I have to say like, and I, it's so funny because like I was working with the, I shouldn't say this, but I was working with like another clean brand that was like, Hey, can you help? You know, whatever. And I was like, yeah, sure. And everyone was like, damn, that shit's expensive. And I was like, Go, get equal parts. <laughs> I was like, if you want clean pans, which I feel like so many people now, even people who haven't been making the move to like clean products are immediately going like, okay, I'm going to start with my yeah. pans. Yeah. And equal parts is just heaven on earth. Yeah. The ceramic stuff is great. And it's, it's, it's part of a new wave where the stuff is just a little bit safer and more sustainable. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for where that whole space just continues to evolve into. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Emmett. Thank you, Pia. <laughs> Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.